Hi, I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are the Russian Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. A show we created to talk about hard things. And also to bring some levity to your lives. Alexandra is a mom and occupational therapist. And Anna is a school counselor. And together we share our life stories. And crazy adventures. We aim to make you smile. And let you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. Enjoy our latest episode from The The Russian Russian Sisters. Sisters. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hello, hello. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Us. Yeah, well, that's right. In case you aren't sure who Us is, we are the Russian sisters. That is who we are. Well, you heard that in our intro. You did. <laughs> we just we just like to repeat it again just in case you miss the intro. Exactly. In case you fast forward through that part because you hear it all the time. I admit I do that on podcasts I like. All the time when you listen to our podcast. That's right. We awesomely, I want to just share a little story. Um, We were with a friend the other day and um, we had mentioned the podcast and this person apparently started listening to our podcast, actually binged the podcast. Hi, Amy. And um, (laughs) she was just letting us know like kind of what a breath of fresh air she feels that our podcasts are and I'm paraphrasing there. But I thought that was really cool to get that review. We're often asking you guys to leave reviews for us. And it was just really cool to get this person's like firsthand, hey, this is a really fun thing to listen to. And sometimes I feel the same way, which was our point of the whole thing. Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for the live review. Yeah. I mean, right. The point was to like let people you're not alone. And so it's really awesome to hear someone say, I feel the same way. And that's cool. Yes, I agree. How are you? I'm okay. I don't know if you guys recall, but last episode, Alexandra and I had to record shoulder to shoulder, (laughs) and I felt like my shoulder wouldn't calm itself down because I had pinched a nerve in my back. Well, the nerve is still pinched, Mm. and today I just kind of want to saw my arm off. Oh, oh, that's a horrible feeling. It is. It doesn't feel very good, and you know, I've been in contact with my doctor to no avail because I chatted with a like a ghost doctor. I don't even know if this person or their name was really real, but at least through my medical place, I can chat with someone about my ailment to see what's going on. And they offer some advice. And so I don't have to go in for a full-blown visit. So this person, the doctor was like, try this and try that. And um, then follow up with an appointment with your primary person. And I was like, well, in my head, I'm thinking I'm not going to do that. Because I already know what it is. I just, I'm not sure what the solutions are. So I don't want to have to pay money to go in and have someone tell me what it is. I'm like, can't you just give me some alternate ideas over chat or email? And so then my doctor didn't email back, but a nurse called and left a voicemail and was like, I'm calling you. I was at work. So I'm like, I can't answer the phone in the middle of work, right? Like if I don't know who's calling or that it's not a family member, it's not an emergency. So I just, you know, I didn't even know the call happened until later in the day. And then I did call back, but then they haven't called me back. It's just kind of a, an annoying little thing. We've talked about like East and West medicine before, and I'm like, sure. I am in pain. And it's, it's not like a, it doesn't have to be such a tricksy thing maybe to have someone tend to you. I agree. I don't know what the answer would be. Maybe PT. I feel like I've known people who've gone to PT for a pinched nerve, but usually my understanding is with insurance companies, they give you a checklist of you have to try this, try this, try this, try this before you can get additional help. 
I do think, though, out of all of this, a follow-up with your doctor might uh, behoove you. Yes, that is the plan for tomorrow, to put in another email to the doctor's office and hopefully get some relief. Because, yeah, the constant, like, nerve pain or muscle pain is quite annoying. So, I don't know. Right? Like, it's not the end of the world. I would just really like for it to go away. I would agree with that. And the thing with nerve pain or pinched nerve, especially if it's referring down your arm, is that you're right, it's constant. And any sort of continued pain like that, especially if you're not used to being in constant pain like that, it's really frustrating. And it's exhausting. Yeah. So you did ask me why you were so exhausted. And it's like, I don't know. You're like the weather. I'm like, well, it's warm out. Maybe it's too hot. I don't know. And then it started raining. We have some weird weather today. <laughs> we do. And I know, right? The clouds rolling in. I got really tired and we had an event earlier. And I told Alexandra, I'm like, I didn't even drink any wine, but I'm really, really, really tired. So tired. So that I had to go to Costco earlier today because it's our parents' anniversary coming up, their golden anniversary, which is really exciting. But I went to go order a cake. First of all, the bakery was closed. Well, it's not the people from the bakery were around, but it looks like they were doing some renovation and their order form box thingy was out of commission. So I was like, I guess I'll have to come back tomorrow. So I had to go to Costco before coming to record this session. And then while I was driving down, I was at a stoplight and I'm like, what if I could just close my eyes for just a minute? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Exactly. Right. That's very, very dangerous. And I don't like when I'm that tired that I'm like, I just need to close my eyes for just a quick minute. Feet, you know what to do. <laughs> right. I was at a stoplight. So I like I would close my eyes and I counted like one, one thousand, two, and then I opened my eyes to see if the car in front of me moved. Didn't. Right. Oh. So yeah. So then I was like, this is not okay. I'm I'm but yes. I'm that tired. Yep. It was well, weird. Yeah, and that's why they're creating self-driving cars. <laughs> I should probably get in line for one of those. Oh, <laughs> Maybe I will. I even had a couple of fizzes today. You did. I'm I'm gonna help you pull through this. You are. Yeah. This is fun. I do enjoy this process. So <laughs> she's like, I've got one eye open, but let's do this. I'm like half lying down on the, on the table, but this is gonna be successful. It'll be fun. She asked me if she could just lay on the couch and throw some earbuds in to record. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I might don't. have. I was lying on the couch when Alexandra came and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just need to take a nap for two minutes. I promise. Like, then I'll be ready to go. I don't know why I'm so tired. You're not alone. We've had days like that. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. And it could just be the pain. That is all to say. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I've had kind of a weird week where I feel like I've had a lot of really random things happen. So I figured I'd share some of those things with all of you. Oh, I'd like to hear them. Yeah. We even talked about how weird it was and like, is it a full moon? But I don't think it was. Yeah. Well, um, one day I'll say I had changed at some point and went to put my yoga pants back on and they didn't feel right. But I was like, oh, must just be me. Sometimes I feel like clothes just feel weird. Not that I'm a nudist or anything. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. I was just like, my pants kind of feel funny. Um, it's because I had them on backwards. I hate when that <laughs> happens. So I was like, oh, that might be right. And then at that point, it was so late in the evening. I was like, there's no point in me switching these around. <laughs> I just got to put Buddy to bed and keep going. So that happened. I went for a walk with a friend at one point, And... I was waiting in the parking lot for my friend to show up, and I watched this car drive up, and this man got out of the car, 
And he just kind of changed. He kept his car door open and he had like an undershirt and then put his collared shirt on and buttoned it up and brushed his hair, made sure his beard was combed and got back in his car and drove away. Do you think he's like living out of his car? What I thought was maybe he'd been, and I've done this before, if I have a longer distance to drive, but I don't want to necessarily be in, I do this if I'm like working events for people or if then I'll like maybe just wear a tank top and whatever. And then as I get closer, I put on what I'm going to wear. That makes sense. And then get to the location just so I'm a little bit more comfortable. But I, I don't know. I felt a little weird like I had parked first, but I felt like I was the weird one. Like I was the voyeur because he was parked kind of diagonally in front of me. So even though he was behind his car door, it was still wide open for me to watch. And he didn't get naked or anything. But I was like, well, that's interesting. So that happened. Mm. Yeah. Then I tried to get a pedicure at a new place. It's by my house. I do like getting pedicures. And sometimes I'll get my brows waxed. I I like sugaring better, but sometimes I'm like, my maintenance of my brows isn't that much. So bear with me with this story. But something that happens, you know, the petty was fine. It ended up not being great. They always ask when you walk in, like, essentially, they're like, do you want your whole face waxed? Like, (laughs) you know, and she didn't say whole face, but she's like, you're getting your brows? Yes. Do you want your chin? No. Do you want your lip? No. What about your cheeks? No. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, but then she like, it literally felt like she tried to rip off my whole face trying to get just my eyebrows cleaned up. Well, that's why they sell those things for women, those little like razory things um, for our facial hair because we are hairy beings. Right? I know. It was just very interesting. And I, this place was dead. They were like, oh, we had, we were so full yesterday because I went in the middle of the week and they're like, we hope you come back. And in my head, I was like, I don't think so. Like. It was one of those where I was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yes. So it was just kind of weird things like that happening. But then I do have some funny stories with Buddy. I got to I gotta bring home some of the. So he is three and kids do say the darndest things. So the other day I pick him up uh, and I usually have snacks and some water for him. And I had run out of his favorite snack. They're these little fig bars. And he. He um, usually can have one. That's his thing. He can have one when I pick him up and it's supposed to be his little treat. And so I said, buddy, I have your favorite snack. I'm so excited. I I was able to get it and it's your favorite flavor. And from the backseat, he goes, oh, (laughs) mama, you're so funny. (laughs) And then takes the snack. And I was like, who are you? So we chuckled about that. That was pretty funny. And then another one that was kind of hilarious was, I ended up getting an email from someone who apparently knew Sean way back when. And he had just found out that Sean had passed. And at first, like, I had to go through this whole thing because I, the time in which this gentleman says that he knew Sean, the people that I know who may have, have gone to school with this individual, like, they don't have access to my current contact information. They can find me through social media or whatever, but... As far as direct contact, these people should not have any way to get direct contact. So I got a little frightened for a second because I was like, oh, my gosh, how? And I don't know how this guy found out about Sean. I don't know anything. I've like reached back out just to say, like, I'd love to connect a little bit more. But anyway, so at the time that this is happening, I'm in my garage and I'm trying to get Buddy out of the car. And I keep 
like looking up and reminding myself in my head, like universe, God, I trust myself that I can handle any situation that comes up so that if these people that I prefer not get in touch with me, if they do, I know how I'm going to handle it. I'll handle it with grace and kindness and I'll be okay. And so Buddy sees me and he's like, what's up on the ceiling? And I said, oh, nothing's up on the ceiling. Like mom is just talking to God. And I'm just saying like, thank you for, for giving me the ability to trust myself on this. And he looks up and he's like, oh, are you asking God to go away? And I said, no, no, no. I'm just saying thank you. And he looks up and he goes, thanks, God. Okay, bye, God. <laughs> and walks into the house. And I was like, that's hilarious. And then later he retells the story about how mama was thanking God and he did and then said bye, <laughs> like walked in the house. I was like, you are pretty hilarious. So that was just some fun, like random stuff that was happening this week. He is quite the character and I love his little, like he, he is talking a lot to himself. He's got quite an imagination as we have talked about. And I love hearing like his play with his friends and he'll use like Mm -hmm. Um, movies that he's currently watching, like he was watching Chicken Little for a while. And so he'll like use that storyline in his play with his friends, which I think is really cool. Also this week regarding Buddy, oh my gosh. So I was over the other day and this week, I don't think I shared it before, but I ended up having to put down one of my kitty cats, one of my fur babies, Bentley, who I've had the um, medical issues before. And we've talked about on podcast how he's pooping all over my house. But I finally... Um, had to make the decision to put him down and it was agonizing and it was just like, such a heartbreaking thing to have to happen. Um, but I was over here, I think it was the next day and Buddy had come over to my house and he was asking if Bentley was going to be there. And I told him, I don't know how to answer that. And then when I was recounting the story later to Alexandra, she's like, oh, I told him that he wasn't there anymore and that that he was sick. And um, so in our recounting of the story later, Buddy was also tripping back up. Oh, did he go to the doctor? And I said, yes, he went to the doctor. And he goes, well, how was his foot? And I was like, his foot? Because I had never mentioned his foot or his legs or his paws or anything of that sort. I just said, I don't even know how to answer to this three-year-old that one of my cats no longer exists. <laughs> right? It's funny. Like, we don't always think about how those conversations are going to go or like, have to bring up the fact that I had two cats and now I have one. And he seemed pretty content to see Zoe at the house. But back to the leg or thing, it was really weird to me that he even asked about like, how's Bentley's leg? And is it getting fixed? Because you guys, when the vet went to put Bentley down, she had given him a sedative, as many of you have probably been through this process or maybe not. And if you are, heads up, this is like, it's hard to hear. But they give him a sedative, a shot of a sedative to kind of chill him out and make him really, really sleepy. But Bentley is a fighter and all seven and a half pounds of him or maybe eight pounds soaking wet by this point <laughs> with the dose that she gave him still wasn't wanting to like chill out or go to sleep so that when it came time to give him the anesthesia, he was still in his like drugged up way trying to fight it. That is all to say that um, she couldn't get the meds into a vein and she ended up, what's it called when they like pop the vein and it bruises right away? You know, like when that happens yeah. with humans. I'm trying to think of what it's called. All right. Well, that happened to his little leg and I was like, oh boy. And I could tell he was quite uncomfortable and the nurse is or the nurse, the vet is apologizing and there was a tech in there and they were all trying to like cover it up so that I wouldn't be focusing on that instead of my poor kitty and all this stuff. Anyway, 
that all happened in his back paw so that she ended up having to give him the anesthesia that would like be final in one of his front paws. And so when Buddy was like, how is his leg? Is he doing okay? I was like, how would you even know that? I was so weirded out. I told Alexander later, I was like, it could have just been a freaking coincidence. But in all my conversations with people ever, no one's been like, how is his leg? No one knew. I know. It was wild. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious if he, that, you know, people will say that kids are more open to the energy of those around us, whether it's people who've died or they just can see or feel stuff that we can't as adults because we end up just shutting that out. So I've been very curious with him just because of some of the things that he said. But when you explained that story, I was like, oh, maybe he just knew. And I've known people who just have a knowing where you say something and they just know something extra about the other person that's not been said or anything. But sometimes I wonder if he just has has a knowing. I would not be surprised either. And like I said, to get woo-woo on you and you guys are probably like, uh, could have been a coincidence. It could have been 100% coincidence that he decided to ask about his leg, not his ear, not his tail, not his tummy, but his leg. It could have just been a coincidence that he asked about that and his like three-year-old self. And Bentley has not had an issue with his leg ever. So again, could be completely coincidence, but I don't know. It was like so fascinating to me. Fascinating is not even the word I want, but I was like, "Hmm, that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I find I've had to stop myself, but usually what I'll do is try and just whatever he's saying, I try and go with it. Like if he's talking about certain people or if, you know, I just kind of keep going with the conversation rather be like, no, that's not what happened. Or I'll I'll ask him all the time. The other day it was interesting because he even said, I've asked him before when he has said certain things, like, is someone else in here with us? And he'll say yes or no. But then there was one time where I didn't say anything. And he's like, no one's here, mama, just you and me. And I was like, okay, that's fair. It was really, yeah. Kids (laughs) say those darndest things. Kids say the darndest things. Um, I did have one funny thing (laughs) besides like the randomness of all these other things. But I I didn't get my car washed, but I did use windshield wiper fluid, right, to get everything off my car. And then my driveway happens to be a little bit at an incline. so. I was a few days away from having my car get checked out anyway, like the service light had been on and I was like, I have to go get it serviced. And so there was one day like it had rained a bunch and I, was, I had been using windshield wiper fluid. Then I get into the driveway and all of a sudden I just see like puddles coming underneath my car and I'm like, buddy, go into the house. And I'm kind of freaking out inside like, now what? Like I'm a few days away from getting my car checked out. I don't understand. And I'm like, I know I have to get it cleaned. And I'm looking underneath the car and I'm like, what is this green fluid? Like, then I'm thinking, is it antifreeze? I'll, no, it was just the windshield wiper fluid coming off the window <laughs> from going up my driveway. I was even like on hold with my car person. And then once I realized, I just hung up and was like, don't be dumb. <laughs> it was just the windshield wiper fluid. Yeah, I have a puddle in the middle of my garage. Oh, I thought that was, I was like, was that me? Oh, my goodness. No, it wasn't me. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from either. I have to put some newspapers. It's not water because anytime it rains and the water does run off in my garage, it dries up. So I think it's an oil spot, but I have no idea how it got there. It's not from my car because I'm not leaving that anywhere else. It could have been one of my house sitter's cars, but 
he doesn't think it's his car because there hasn't been an issue with that. I'm like, well, who the heck was like at my house then staying in my garage and could have just dumped a bunch of stuff? I don't know. I don't know. But if he's not worried about his car, I'm not worried about my car. I just know that I have this like oil puddle. I think it's oil puddle in the middle of my garage that I have to like newspaper or sawdust or do something with. I think there is like a powder that you can put on that because we had that happen not in our driveway or anything, but on the side of the road because we had someone who was keeping their car here Mm. for a little bit and their car was leaking while they were trying to do repairs. And so I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) Right. Thanks for the gift. I know. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yes. So also, I know, you guys, it's just been it's a hodgepodge for me this week. I'm all over the place. And that is exactly how my week has felt because I've been like, all right, we're just going to take all of this in strife. But for some of you, I've talked a little bit about like job stuff and how things are up in the air for me. So I left the school job and I, I miss a lot of the people. I just don't necessarily miss the work because the workload was really high. And not that I have a problem with working either, because I know we've talked about that, how people just don't want to work anymore. But it was really interesting because the company that I signed on with, it has been one thing after another with them. And I talk about pings and nudges all the time. And I've kind of gotten a ping that's like, maybe this isn't the place for me long term. It can be a place right now while I'm trying to figure out some other things. But I think what struck me this week, so I used to do massage therapy. and. One thing I found was as a massage therapist, it's a really amazing, cool art, if I could say that. But then what happens is that people who go into business to have massage places realize how much money you can make off of this art that people do. So I started working. I worked at a variety of places. And one thing I found was that some people would be like, we're going to be the different place. We're going to pay massage therapists higher. It's going to be amazing. But then once they start to see that when they give creative license to the massage therapist, then they go, well, wait a second, their profit margin kind of goes down a little bit. Bear with me on this whole story. So then what ends up happening is that all of these places that claim that they're different and they're going to start paying massage therapists more, they start decreasing how much they're going to pay. They start increasing how many standards, regulations, requirements they put into place. They really just then want the factory because the way that you're going to make the most money is the factory. So I found this very interesting because I started to see this happen with OT. And really, it just made me kind of reflect on what sort of patterns or what am I attracting as far as work? Because I had an agreement with this company that I signed on with. And it was like, this is what my job is going to be. I was like, fantastic. This is what I'm looking for. It's going to be awesome. And then within a month, that all fell apart. And I went, well, now what, right? Like I have to pay my bills. I have to be able to do all this. And I don't think I've shared the whole story, but essentially I've just decided that I'm going to use the extra time that I have to really get some of my side projects launched and going. And I'm really excited about those, but I still have to have some sort of income. But what I found was that there are occupational therapy places that do this too. A lot of people will say, we pay higher and we'll pay mileage. But then what they do is they say, but if you want that, then here are the requirements, the restrictions. And so you end up like losing a little bit in your creativity as an OT because then it's the factory. Um, And I'll say like when you look at what the state or insurance companies will pay out for OT sessions, it's usually pretty decent. 
But when you see how much the companies are taking off of it and then what they're paying the OTs, it's just ridiculous. So all that to say, it was like really interesting. And I, in the midst of all this other stuff going on, I was like, okay, I'm definitely being tested. I'm getting some weird stuff going on, but I think it's just to kind of make sure that I'm staying aligned with what I really want to do. So if you've ever gone through something like that, you are not alone. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. That's interesting that you were talking about that because I just watched this documentary. <laughs> yes. And there's, a, you guys on Netflix, you probably know about it, but there's the Untold series on Netflix. And last night I was watching the one about the company And One. And they were created by these, like two of the fellows went to the Wharton School of Business at, at Penn. And then one, I don't remember, Stanford. I think the third went to Stanford. So these three guys who were like super passionate about business and basketball started this company and one. And it's funny that all three of them are white, but it ended up attracting, like they bobbed and weaved their way through the business to try and find success. But they ended up being super successful in promoting street basketball. So there were a lot of people in this whole culture of people who like maybe had aspirations to make it in the NBA one day and couldn't, but they were very well known in the street basketball industry. And then the whole point of the documentary is like, what the heck happened to And One? Like that brand, And One. And um, first of all, I remember like thinking about the episode and thinking about the business. I remember seeing the brand and and I don't know if I bought anything that was And One, but they also came up with like all these um, slogans that put on t-shirts that were like trash talking, you know, street basketball, um, gear. And it was all very cool. And then they decided to get into shoes and then they were very successful with the and one brand of shoes. And then there were NBA players who were wearing the shoes and being very successful. But then they ended up, I'm not going to spoil the story, but a lot of things happened and they ended up selling the company and they did a lot of interviewing of the basketball players for whom or how the company made so much money or why the company made so much money was these people who were out there competing and, and playing. And they definitely did not have like a system for pay. It was just kind of arbitrary. Like this guy, people know him the best and they know his name and they, he seems to be one of the more popular players. And so he got paid more. And it was like, I don't know, some might have made over a hundred K, but others certainly didn't. And there were some players who were making like 15 grand a year But I think the gripe was like these guys and their reputations made this company millions. Yeah. Right. And yes, there was the creative license and the shoes. And there was one one of the dudes who started the company did really well in designing the shoes. And so he sure as heck had a hand in the company just exploding and making millions of dollars for the three of them. And then, you know, trickling down to the business side of the coin. But that money wasn't making it down to the players who were actually 
like the face of the company in a lot of communities. Exactly. And so just to hear you say like, yeah, like you are doing the work that is making the company a lot of money, but the pay, the result that you get to take home and your livelihood is very minimal. Yes. And then what ends up happening too is that there's this idea, at least in my particular situation, of all this stuff I have to do and not get paid for that time. So like there's this whole credentialing process and there was like a lot of miscommunication around it. But then it turned out all of this, I mean, hours, hours and hours that I've spent trying to finish up all these things, tons of miscommunications. And then the response is, well, it's on you to do that, but you don't get paid. And it's almost like you should be grateful for how much I'm paying you. And now that I'm over 40 and now I'm like really on this self-worth journey, I'm like, no, like, okay, fine. I'll do this for a little bit. So I have a little bit of income, but no, I'm way more about pay it forward, pay people what they're worth. And like, sure, if I'm going to work for you, you're going to decide what my worth is, but I don't have to put up with that long-term for years and years in order to like buy into this idea. So it's just very interesting. And it happens way, way more than I think it needs to, because I we could, again, get into like the woo-woo stuff as far as like money and transactions around money and what it all means. But I think that's the part that's just so sad is that if you have to make it off of someone else, like then share that with them, right? Like show that gratitude towards that individual. It ends up being to me, it looks like if this is what you want, like if you want the notoriety, then this is what you have to put up with. Like then I get to treat you however, and I get to not pay you what, what you're worth for you to get the notoriety. And a lot of people, myself included, have bought into that. Like I have definitely bought into like, if I want this kind of job, this is what I have to put up with in order to get it. And now I'm like, nope. (laughs) No. And I know a number of people who are going through job transitions now who are being faced with that. Like, you know, you need the money for your livelihood. You have to pay the bills. You have to pay the mortgage. It's important to have insurance and be able to cover yourself should anything come up. But then you have to balance that with what is my work life? like? And am I willing to put up with the stuff and the hours and being treated in whatever way? In the docuseries about and one, there was one instance where like, you know, they have these two tour buses and on one bus are the players and on the other bus are like the PR people and the, the team managers or the people who arrange all the travel. And the basketball players are like, we get pizzas. We get pizzas delivered. And over there in the next bus over, they're having filet mignon. Yeah. Right. Like, and the players are like, we're the ones bringing in the money. Right. Are you kidding? Like, it was just so. Well, and just because you're playing street ball doesn't mean your health is any less important. That's <laughs> right. ah, just street ball. Yeah. And that's just sad. It is. It was very sad. And you could see like in the players and not all of them, but some of them when they were recounting their experiences and don't get me wrong, they were very grateful for the experience they said we got to travel to places we never would have because of our upbringing and you know where we were headed based on where we grew up and what our parents could or could not afford so they're like yes on one hand I'm extremely grateful for the experiences that I've had and the exposure and the places I got to go but on the other hand right like how much of that am I going to put up and does you know the fact that I got to go to Paris or Tokyo or whatever justify the fact that I'm eating pizza and you're eating filet mignon yeah Years ago, I worked at a place and I mean, this struck with me so bad, struck me and stuck with me. There you go. I had a manager once and I was saying 
there are two women who had been working so hard, so many hours to try and meet the level of expectations of this establishment. And I had said to my manager, like, I really feel like we could do something to show the appreciation. And he looked me straight in the face, straight in the face and said, the appreciation for them is that they get to keep their jobs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that what? And then eventually they said something like that to me. And I was like, no, no. And it took, again, took me a long time to get to a point where I was like, "Mm -mm. you berating me is not because that was the whole thing. It was like, you want this job, then we get to treat you however we want. And for a long time, I bought into that. And then now I'm like, no, I deserve better than that. And there are places I can go where I can make enough money for my livelihood and not have to put up with that kind of behavior. Like it's just just because you need a job does not mean people can treat you however they want. Like, cause again, and this is something that is like a trigger for me. It's just like that power differential, that authority of like, I've said this before, but I just don't do well when people are like, yeah, I get to treat you however, because you need something from me. Like whether it's a service person or if it's someone like whatever it is, it's like, oh, you need something from me. Then I can I can just say whatever I need to to you because I have the upper hand. And I'm like, no, no, that's not okay. It is not okay. I was listening to NPR earlier and they mentioned the term quiet quitting. Yes. What is this? So I will explain that in a minute, but it's a term that I've heard quite a bit lately. And I don't remember where I heard it first. Anna thinks she heard it from me. And I was like, I've never heard this thing. We did. (laughs) I was sitting across from Alexandra at her house and she mentioned something about quiet quitting and it was revolving around like the work talk, but it was one or two weeks ago. Anywho, they mentioned it on NPR today on the show. Wait, wait, don't tell me because I think it's a rerun from um, Saturdays. But anyway, it was fun to listen to and they mentioned quiet quitting and I was like, I have heard this. I've seen memes about it. Like, where did this start? So apparently shocking of all places, it popped up on TikTok this year. <laughs> so it popped up on TikTok this year. This is, you guys, I probably would be so much more enriched in my life if I paid attention to TikTok. But Let I, me say, I am contemplating getting a TikTok account, you guys. Why? A couple things. I have had a lot of OT ideas. And so I've been thinking about doing that to put out some of my OT ideas. Then also with some of the grief tidbits or just like working through. So more for that, not like for the funny stuff or anything. Like I have some ideas for my OT videos that I'd want to do to make them funnier, but it's down the road. But I did like a training on social media and this woman was talking about the algorithm behind TikTok and how I know we're going on a total tangent because we're going to get back to quiet quitting. But Instagram and Facebook will track how often you get into the app. And then if the longer you stay out of the app, it'll start saying that this just happened to me this morning. Instagram said I had eight notifications. I go in there. All the notifications are so-and-so that you in your contacts is on Instagram. So-and-so. So it has nothing to do directly with me. It's them trying to get me to interact with all of that stuff. TikTok, from what I've heard, it sends out your video to just a group of people depending on what the subject is. And then... It's randomized though. So some people who are extremely popular on TikTok might have a video that doesn't do as well. Someone who's not as popular on TikTok or may not have as many, whatever they're called on TikTok, I don't know, talkers, tickers on whatever they're called, the followers. 
like someone who has fewer people following them might have a bigger video one time. And so it's considered to be completely randomized. That is interesting. I like, yeah. the algorithm algorithms are all yeah. very interesting. Anyway, that's a tangent. We really wanted to talk about quiet quitting though. And the fact that you might get TikTok. Well, I'll keep you posted on that one. And I can see why there are a lot of people who look at the TikTok and get ideas from it, which I think is fabulous. I've learned a lot. This is what we talked about before, like some life hacks I've learned from things that people posted from TikTok. The thing about that is, remember a long time ago, there was someone who, someone was posting like one minute things about being an educator or something. And it's like, and then other people were watching that one thing thinking like, I am an expert now. I watched this TikTok and I can go and now do that thing and be certified and licensed yes. to go do that thing. That I have a problem with because I actually had an OT student who told me that everything she needed to know to be an OT, she got off of TikTok. And I was like, oh, no, that's not how this works. Like, I'm OK if you want to get ideas and if it helps you and your creativity to generate ideas. But by no means would I ever consider someone who just watches TikTok all day to be an expert in something. Like I would not think someone could watch TikTok and be like, I can do OT. I'm like, again, you might have some strategies, but no. You're not a surgeon. All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, mid-2020, this stuff popped up on TikTok. I'm going to have to go find the video now. But quiet quitting, according to Wikipedia, you know, that's the encyclopedia of all things right now. Quiet quitting is a term and a trend that emerged in mid-2020 from a viral TikTok video. The philosophy of quiet quitting is not abruptly leaving a job, but doing exactly what the job requires, no more, no less. The main objective of this mindset is avoiding occupational burnout and paying more attention to one's mental health and personal well-being. And I was like, it's an interesting concept, but what people associate with quiet quitting is that you are doing status quo. And then I saw this meme Mm. on Facebook about quiet quitting. The fact that a new term has been made up, quiet quitting is really quite funny. This neologism is a term for workers doing precisely what their contract says and no more. <laughs> that is working exactly your hours, taking exactly your breaks and turning your phone off, refusing to answer calls, texts, emails when not on the clock. It's called quiet quitting because apparently doing exactly your job is considered to be a form of leaving your job without actually quitting. What's interesting about that is mm. people associate quiet quitting with like leaving your job when in all actuality you are doing your job. And it just makes me think about the compensation thing per our conversation earlier. Like you are paid to work a certain amount of hours and to get a certain amount of tasks done. Unfortunately, I think there's been an expectation now that you go above and beyond that mm -hmm. without the compensation. Exactly. So if you're not working 150% or giving your all to this companies to the fact where you're like stressed and anxious and burning out, then you are fireable. Whereas like mm -hmm. just, you know, and, and it's considered that you're doing less than if you're doing exactly what you were hired to do. It's an yeah. interesting phenomenon that's happening that people are talking about like, quiet quitting is doing your job? Well, and that's why I think it's interesting how some people, myself included right now, are like, I don't need to draw a salary. The first time I ever actually got paid a salary, I, I was sat down and told that I wasn't working enough hours. Net the expectation. The amount of hours that this company wanted me to work on salary gave me considerably less per hour than when I had worked hourly. And it wasn't very much at that point in time. But it's definitely all about how individuals can maximize their profit and not pay people appropriately. But to your point, 
in the current job that I took, which is very part-time right now. And that's even something I had to have a conversation with because their expectation was that I would still work full-time. And I said, no, what you originally signed me on for full-time can't happen. And therefore I'm saying no, although I will work part-time for them for right now. But there are a couple of things credentialing wise that they were like, oh, you need to do this. I don't get paid for that. And the people that I was corresponding with wanted like two to three, an additional two to three extra hours of work. Again, like I said, I've probably given at least 25 hours that I did not get paid for for this job. And then you get labeled as difficult because you're- I'm now the difficult one. Like, in fact, I had someone- allude to me that the ladies in the office are bitching about me constantly rather than coming and talking to me or having a conversation. They are just talking behind my back and bitching about how difficult I am because I'm pushing back and saying, you're not paying me to do your job. I even like laid it out to the owner. Oops. I got so uh, like so excited. I threw my pen, but I told, I like emailed the owner and I was like, this is not okay. You have people on staff to do this job and do this work. And you're asking me to do it for free. That is not okay. And so, yes, I'm totally on the radar. And I'm like, go ahead. And I say this, like, this is a privileged thing to say. And I understand that there is a part of me that's like, go ahead and fire me because this is my limit. And I literally just wrote another email saying, I am not willing to move forward with credentialing with this particular agency because I am not willing to put in the time for free. Right. Yeah. Nor should you. Okay. There was more to the post that I just didn't scroll down. (laughs) Um, And this is important, I think, for everybody to know. The actual name for this practice is working to rule. And again, that's another phrase that's been coming up and up more and more recently since this TikTok went live. And it is an ancient form of direct action from our unionized ancestors. They have coined a new phrase for it because the old one is so hard to criticize. You're doing what you're paid to do. Isn't that what you promised you would do? Calling it quiet quitting is victim blaming. It paints workers exercising their rights as lazy shirkers trying to bilk money from the kind-hearted bosses who, after all, have given the workers a job. They're Mm -hmm. doing you a favor. And you repay that by doing precisely what you signed an agreement to do. How very dare you? It's working to rule, and it's a part of your right to protest, a right that the moneyed elites want to take away. Don't let them. Anyway, that was a long post, but all to say, like, it's interesting that people talk about quiet quitting in the light of like, you're just starting to back off and not put in the 150%. And you're like, I can't. Like people are finding like, this is impacting me physically, mentally. I'm not getting compensated for all the extra I'm doing. And why, why would I? Like, if you're not showing me that I'm valued or I don't have value here, then I will do just what I said I would do when I got hired to do this very specific job. And it is interesting. And I like that they point out that Our industry right now is that bosses are doing you a favor by paying. No, that is just how it works when you have a job. You get paid. Like, yes, it's very much. It just makes me annoyed. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I don't like as well. It's like, um, we did you a favor by hiring you. You did. Like, I'm credentialed. I have the qualifications for this job. I went to school to do this job. You had an opening. You needed someone to fill that mm. job. And now you're saying like, we did you a favor by hiring you. Okay, right. And yeah. so- Or there's the, that's okay. Like if you leave, you're easily replaceable. Right. And what a slap <laughs> in the face that is when yeah. people say that. Like now for my job, I really love where I work. I know I'm not indispensable. 
I know there are a bunch of other counselors who would be able to fill my shoes. In fact, there are a lot of people probably looking for jobs and maybe there aren't a lot out there. And so I know I'm replaceable and I, I never take that for granted. However, the system, the leadership, the people who sit at the top, don't just say to my face, we're like a family and then treat me like shit. Right. Like that, that's not... Maybe yeah. if your own family treats you like shit, then that's what it's like being family. But there's definitely room to do better. Absolutely. All right. It's time for the SCW joke of the day. What do you have for us? Oh, my gosh. So many. So <laughs> many to choose from. And I thought I thought that I was prepared. But now I think I want to change my mind because this one <laughs> just gave me a little bit more of a chuckle. All right. Are you ready for the STW? Shanti Wyman, this one's for you. Joke of the day. I'm ready. Okay. When is a car not a car? <laughs> when it turns into the garage. <laughs> Silly. Silly. Mm. That's so appropriate that it's a car joke. <laughs> right? Awesome. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to our shenanigans today. Leave us a review if you would. Share us. Love us. We'll see you soon. Check out our new website. Oh, we love yes. you guys. And hope you all have a lovely week. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Russian Sisters. To connect with them, go to therussiansisters.com. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.